Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. The Oracle of the Word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom says, we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of hosts says, they may build, but I will tear down. And they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, joined today by the illustrious Will Kynes. Mm. Um, so, Will, we are we are starting the book of Malachi, and uh, on Sundays we're back in the book of John, and we're we're looking at the the final book in you know our Old Testament canon, uh, mm-hmm. which is this this short uh, little you know minor prophet Malachi. And it's a really interesting prophetic book because it's a it's a very conversational, and so mm-hmm. a lot of what is about to go down in the next few days uh, is sort of this um, hypothetical conversation between Israel and between the Lord uh, that Malachi is presenting. So as we open up this book, what are what are your thoughts on what's going on here? Maybe some helpful context, um, and then this uh, this section on God's love for Israel. Yeah, so Malachi, or as I like to refer to him, Malachi, Malachi. the Italian prophet. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so Malachi, the, one of the reasons why I thought it might be helpful for us to spend some time in Malachi now is because in the sermons we're looking at, well, this most recent sermon is on the Pharisees and their mm-hmm. blindness, right? Mm-hmm. And Malachi is really going after the leaders of the people and how mm-hmm. They are not leading the people well. Instead of leading them into obedience to God and righteousness, they're leading them into sin. And so there's Mm -hmm. an interesting parallel here with what uh, we're thinking about on Sunday mornings. Uh, There's a kind of blindness, a spiritual blindness, and it's like the blind leading the blind here uh, in Malachi. Uh, But this first part here, and I like that you brought that up, Will, about the conversational nature of Malachi, because it's one of the things that I find so striking about the book, you know, here— the Lord starts with a statement, I have loved you. I think it's really significant that it starts with God speaking and mm. declaring his love for the people. But then the people respond, how have you loved us? Hmm. And how convicting is that, right? Because I think if we're honest, we've all had this kind of response to God. Oh, you love me? How's that played out in my life? Mm. Right? How is this yeah, situation gosh. that I'm in a reflection of your love for me? Totally. Uh, so... Right off the bat, Malachi is diving into this very convicting uh, exchange with God. Uh, And so the Lord, I mean, it's a great demonstration of that love that God actually condescends to respond to Mm. an accusation like this. Oh, how have you loved us? I mean, it could have just been- Boom, lightning. Yeah, yeah, smite. Um, You were smited. Uh, Instead, he gives this contrast between Jacob and Esau. Uh, Is not Mm. Esau Jacob's brother? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. Now, Paul will pick up on that 
in Romans. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that contrast between Jacob and Esau. It's helpful for us, though, to understand a little of the historical context. So you, you mentioned that Malachi is the last prophet we have in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Malachi is writing uh, to the people after the Babylonian exile. So God has brought in the Babylonians to deliver his judgment on his own people for their sin, particularly their idolatry, their worship of other gods. Mm. Babylonians come in and they uh, destroy Jerusalem, including the temple, and they cart God's people away into exile. But Edom, which is a land right next to Judah, Uh, apparently they were rooting on the Babylonians as they did this, potentially joining in in the spoils of Jerusalem. Uh, And so that's part of this this tension in the background behind this text. And if you want to read a little bit more about that, you can read the book of Obadiah, which is judgment against Edom for their participation in uh, the destruction of Jerusalem. Mm. So there's a little of that in the background as well, but then in the foreground is the way that Paul will use this passage in Romans to talk about God's love for his people, which sometimes doesn't seem to make sense. I mean, why does the Lord love Jacob and not Esau? They were both twins. Uh, There's nothing Mm. special that set one over the other, and yet in his love, he decides to choose Jacob, to choose Israel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're very equity uh, concerned people, you know, mm. as Americans. And so I, I think it's easy to get caught up in, uh, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing to wrestle with, but it's easy to get caught up in the question mark of, um, well, why, why does God despise Esau? You know, why, why does he set his face mm-hmm. against certain people and, and whatnot? And, you know, I, I think that's not really the point that we're supposed to take away from these opening words of Malachi or from Paul's words, but, you know, my mind kind of goes to uh, Deuteronomy 7 and Deuteronomy 9. Um, Moses is about to, you know, he's kind of giving the the farewell speech and the, like, get ready to go into the promised land speech. And in Deuteronomy 7, you know, he, he gives this reminder to when they go in to tear down the, the pagan altars and idols, lest they be turned aside from following God. And you know, then he goes into this really interesting discourse saying, it's not because you are a mighty nation or great in number that the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. In fact, you're the least of all people, but it is because he loves you. He set his love on you and he's faithful to his promises. And he expounds on that for a little bit. And then he, uh, in chapter nine, he kind of turns and says, it's also not, you know, it's not because you were a mighty nation or great in number, but it's also not because you're a very godly and humble people. You're actually like the most stiff necked, stubborn <laughs> bunch of people I've ever seen. And, you know, he, he kind of brings this double whammy and the whole point of it is it's not just supposed to be like bashing the people of Israel over the head, but to see how God's love for them and his faithfulness to them has been completely unconditional towards them. And we see this in the story of Jacob and Esau, you know, Jacob, he's a cheater. He's a fraud. He's a thief. He's on the run and God meets him with promises and with forgiveness. And so I think rather than seeing, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, hatefulness or, or, um, you know, partiality, 
on God's part. You know, we we know from elsewhere in scripture, God shows no partiality, but we actually see, uh, you know, the the unconditional and undeserved nature of his love through this sort of, you know, dynamic. Yeah, that's true. Though there is a kind of um, undertone of judgment here as well. Uh-huh. In the judgment that God delivers on Esau slash Edom, which because of the way that they have attacked God's people, uh, they say mm. we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins. And the Lord says, they may build, but I will tear down and they will be called the wicked country. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the verse five, your own eyes shall see this and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. What is that saying to the people? I think what it's saying is God will judge for sin. Uh, you know, it started with God's love. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. loved you, says the Lord. But there is an implied judgment against sin uh, in, that God carries out against Esau, uh, Jacob's brother Esau. Uh, and God can do that even beyond the borders of Israel. He can judge other nations, but if he's going to judge them, then they must repent and seek to follow God or they will be judged as well. And Deuteronomy mm-hmm. has that too, right? That same message. Uh mm-hmm. So there is, a, on the one hand, a deep, inexplicable love that God has for his people. On the other hand, high expectations for their obedience of him. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great word. And, uh, you know, the, the book of Malachi is, it's really convicting. It's really helpful. And um, we should pay, pay close attention to it because, you know, these, these are the last words of God. Um, for quite some time until, uh, you know, John the Baptist and then the Redeemer appears. And so I'm really excited to walk through this with you and um, with whoever else will join us. And so um, for Will Kynes, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow as we continue into the book of Malachi. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.